Hey, Fidelity. How can I remember to invest every month? With the Fidelity app, you can choose a schedule and set up recurring investments in stocks and ETFs. Oh, that sounds easier than I thought. You got this. Yeah, I do. Now, where did I put my keys? You will find them where you left them. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE SIPC. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... The charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. I'm convinced that this is happening because I was really annoyed by the possibility of having to hear Claire referred to a lot this season and not in <laughs> reference to me. I was like, I'm constantly going to be like, huh, what? Oh, you're not talking to me. Um, because I'm that powerful is what I'm saying. Yeah, I believe it. Welcome to Here to Make Friends, a HuffPost podcast about the Bachelor franchise, where we lovingly snark on the Bachelor and Bachelor-adjacent shows. Whether you love The Bachelor or love to hate it, we're here to break down every single delicious moment with you. I'm Emma Gray. And I'm Claire Fallon. So Claire, it's been a minute, and I cannot believe how much has happened in the franchise since we last spoke. I know. I, you know, I look away for one weekend and everything (laughs) happens. Like the whole Bachelorette season might be different, like a completely different Bachelorette than we expected. Um, But before we get to that, we need to talk about last night and take a little trip down memory lane to 2010. Remember that year Obama was still the president. None of us were yet addicted to Instagram. And the word influencer had like barely entered the lexicon. I didn't even have a Twitter account yet. I was graduating from college. Like I barely remember this time. Um, But most importantly, in 2010, former Facebook employee Ali Fedotowski was wearing many, many layered tank tops on her televised journey to find love. So today's episode is going to be a little different than the ones that we've done um, the rest of the season. It'll just be the two of us recording during a thunderstorm, potential hurricane that will, you know, hopefully not cut off our power. So bear with us. Yeah. And we did try to book a guest from Alley season to talk about the racial dynamics of a season that was really white, even by bachelor standards. Um, Allie has spoken about this in interviews before that there weren't any black contestants on her season. We did reach out to Allie um, and we reached out to Roberto, who was one of the few Latinx contestants to make it towards the end of the season of The Bachelor or Bachelorette. Um, Understandably, he was not interested in hashing through the season and questions about race with us. Uh, Fair enough. So um, because we didn't hear back from anyone we reached out to, it will just be us, but we're hoping to dig into um, a lot of those issues on Ali's season and also just discuss a season that is new to me. I never watched it, so I'm pretty excited. Yeah, new to both of us. And, you know, this is sort of a blessing because I think we're going to need to spend half of this episode talking through 
all of the drama and shakeups that are going on uh, on The Bachelorette. So that will be the latter half of this episode. Um, but first, let's get to our calls to action. Of course, we didn't forget those guys. Uh, this week, we wanted to focus on COVID-19. This virus is not over. We are in the midst still of a national public health crisis. And as I'm sure most of you have read, this virus is really disproportionately impacting communities of color. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that, that you all have read that. I'm sure some of you are living it. Um, it's a really difficult time still, despite the fact that the country has pivoted to reopening. Um, so here are a few places that we recommend looking into supporting. Uh, the first is Liberty Hill COVID-19 Rapid Response Fund for Community Organizing, which is for uh, immediate community organizing needs on the front lines and emergency advocacy efforts in Los Angeles County to protect the most vulnerable, which includes those uh, BIPOC and queer communities um, during this, you know, this time um, dealing with the COVID-19 crisis. And the link for that will be in our show notes. We also wanted to point you towards Native Americans in Philanthropy, uh, their COVID-19 Emergency Response Fund, which is designed to distribute funds to Native nonprofit orgs and tribal programs that need it most. Um, and right now, they are prioritizing high concentration areas in California, New Mexico, the Pacific Northwest, New York, Navajo Nation, the Hopi Tribe, and other COVID-19 hotspots. So that's firstnations.org slash COVID-19 Emergency Response Fund. And again, that link will be in our show notes. Uh, and finally, uh, we wanted to point you guys to the Know Your Rights Camp COVID-19 Relief Fund, um, which helps Black and Brown communities by focusing on food, shelter relief, education, PPE, and incarcerated populations um, to address COVID-19. Uh, the link to that will be in our show notes as well. So let's get to Allie's season. I mean, just a real trip down memory lane to another era of my own personal horrific, unflattering fashion choices. Like, why did we think it was wise to wear a single garment from uh, upper chest to mid-thigh? It was truly the era of stretchy, long, layered tanks, which... I had forgotten dominated uh, recreational wear so much at that time. I think I wore basically an old Navy tank top every day. Allie is typically layering them, which is a super wrinkly look. I don't know why we were all layering things so much back then. I hope that that does not return. Um, and it's, it's funny to me as someone who was not familiar with uh, with Allie's season or with Allie really as a character, how much it's framed as being about a woman who was so career driven that she, that she gave up love and, and now is back to finally put love first and put her career aside. Yeah, come on, Claire. She needs to get her priorities straight. And that priority is a man. But they never mention what her career is unless I missed it. Like, Presumably, it's very important to her to do this mystery thing that does not make it into the highlight reel of the season. 
Uh, many of you probably know, I didn't watch Jake's season or Allie's season when they were airing, but somehow I still, I think probably because of various players on Bachelor Pad, knew that Allie had left Jake Pavelka's season um, midway through because she didn't want to lose her job at Facebook, which was obviously somewhat of a fledgling company at that time. You know, it hadn't even gone public yet. So it was kind of a big deal that she worked at Facebook. And then this whole season is like, she's seen the error of her ways. She never should have sacrificed love with verbal abuser, Jake Pavelka for a job at a tech company. She could have been the one on that couch with Chris Harrison being, being berated. berated. <laughs> what a mistake. Um, and then she leaves her job at Facebook for this, which turns out to be a really good life decision because who would want to be associated with Facebook now? Um, <laughs> yeah, we didn't yet know just how, how evil uh, that empire would become. Um, so, so I was really excited to watch this season and it was uh, a pretty fun recap coming at it fresh um, and diving back into... Uh, into that mid-aughts layered tank lifestyle and a lot of really memorable guys like guys that I'm familiar with more from like highlight reels yeah like or from bachelor in paradise in the case of Kirk but Claire I think what probably really drew you into the season was that it was filled with man drama not not to be confused with drama but specifically right. man drama it's a right. very precise term coined by Chris Harrison. Right. Much like uh, being a whore, like that is something that women do. And when men do it, it needs a special descriptor. You know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, or tanning, you know. Uh, mostly these are things for women, presumably, based on the way that Chris Harrison talks it's like about it. It's the conceptual equivalent of the Gillette for men black razor. Exactly. You have to repackage it so that men understand that it is for them and then they can engage in it. Exactly. Um, I have to say there was a lot of um, conflict. conflict. Uh, and, you know, obviously they're cutting it down to that for the highlight reel, but there are some seasons that you revisit where the guys are just, or the girls are sort of just like, yeah, I guess here we all are in the house just hanging out and it is not like that during Ellie's season. Um, so let's recap some of the, the top drama. I think that the central conflict that they show us is Justin or rated R the entertainment wrestler and Casey, the gentle, gentle soul who just wants to guard and protect Ellie's heart by getting a very disturbing tattoo. <laughs> Uh, Justin like shows up with a boot on his foot and a branded t-shirt. Like he just didn't really do himself any favors. Yeah. Um, and it, it, Justin is kind of an amazing villain because he has certain villain aesthetic markers like the branded t-shirt, like the fact that he has a really repellent soul patch happening. Um, <laughs> and he does end up, you know, being kind of a crappy fraud but the men pick at him for the dumbest things, like getting into arguments with him about how he's not there for the right reasons based on nothing, or like demanding that he swear 
to give up his wrestling career for Ali. Like, it's very odd. Yeah, I mean, it, it's true that it is such a tell if you, night one, open your button down and inside is a t-shirt promoting your own business. You know, that is a bit of a tell that you're here to promote your own business and not to find love. I get that. But like, the guys never are capable of accepting that it is simply not their job to get him to admit that. And he will not admit it, in fact. So if you keep fighting about it, you just look insane. Like you end up in a hot tub, much like Casey does, in a hot tub with the guy being like, would you give up your wrestling career for Allie? Would you? Oh, sure, sure you would. I don't believe that. Whatever. Because of course, no one is asking anyone else to give up their job as a no. as a divorce lawyer or whatever in order to be with Allie. So you look crazy to be suggesting that sort of thing. Uh, and and Justin plays the sympathy card well with Allie because he, you know, has to really try. Anything he does requires a lot of effort because he's on crutches and in a boot. So he like sneaks over to her room down a two-lane highway on crutches that looked extremely uh, dangerous he he says i'm willing to do anything to get a rose from ally even if it kills me and i was like it literally might kill you that's an extremely unsafe thing to do and the other men are not pleased but you know it does win him some points some points with ally i mean casey is an amazing foil to justin because he's like almost more repellent but framed as super benevolent. He's he's like actually a very good example of a benevolent sexist. Yeah. He like talks a lot about how it's his job as a man to guard and protect the heart of a good woman, specifically Allie, even though like she has not asked him to take on any role in her life other than like being on this television show. Yeah, I mean, he keeps saying that it's his job to guard and protect her heart. Apparently, this is something that, like, his grandma told him he should do for a woman. Allie just doesn't seem into it. It also seems to be his only... Only line? Line. And if you're not that interested in finding a guy who has nothing to offer other than guarding and protect... Like, what does it even mean? Like, guarding and protect your heart does not consist of saying, I'm going to guard and protect your heart. (laughs) You know, it consists of, like, being a really good partner, Right, for the example, problem which is he's she not. Doesn't, she doesn't want him to be her partner at all. Yes. He's really skipping to the part that, like, needs to happen once the partnership is established. Right, like, in the proposal, maybe you might want to say that. Wouldn't be my thing. It's a little, you know, toxic masculinity. But, like, that would be the appropriate setting if you're going right. to go for it. Um, they go on a date in a museum where he's clearly visibly to Allie even visibly trying very hard to be fun and playful, um, which is never a good sign. Or playful. She's like, I really appreciate how hard you were trying to be fun. <laughs> and he's like, yes, thank you for noticing. <laughs> um, and during the evening portion, she's like, you know, he's being a little cheesy, but like, I'm keeping my mind open. I hope he can be real. And he proceeds to sing what he claims is an impromptu serenade to her that he just has, came to him in the several. moment. He has several. several. He has several of these. He's like, and they're extensive. And she's like, okay. And he's like, listen, I choose you. I'm here to guard and protect your heart. And she says, well, I just feel like you're reading a story. Like everything is so perfect. And he says, it's just my heart. Jump in. Stay a while. 
Oh my God. I'm like getting viscerally uncomfortable just hearing you repeat those lines. She looks uh, like something gross has touched her skin. Like she's trying to like flick a slug off or something. That is kind of her general vibe in response to this statement. Casey doesn't pick up on any of these things. This is something that he seems to lack as a partner during this this series. He basically... She says, I need you to, like, chill the fuck out, basically, <laughs> in, in, a, in a softer way. And yeah. he's like, you know what the answer is to prove how just laid back and patient and real I am? It's probably to go out and get a horrendous tattoo of yeah. the very line that Allie responded to really poorly. Right. So Allie says, when you say these really cheesy things, it doesn't come across to me as genuine. And he's like, I'm so hurt that my personality didn't come across as genuine that I'm going to double down and prove that it must be genuine because why would I get a tattoo of something outrageously cheesy unless I really meant the outrageously cheesy thing? What he's missing is that she just wants him to stop being outrageously cheesy. Um, she doesn't want him to prove that it's real, that he's that cheesy. She just wants it to end. Yeah. She's trying to get the serenades and the garden protect to stop. Instead, he made it permanent. (laughs) He gets a shield tattooed on his wrist, a shield covering a rose, which represents Allie, the bachelorette. Um, I also want to call out because we've been ragging on Allie's layered tanks that he is wearing boot cut jeans with cargo pockets during his trip to the tattoo parlor. Very upsetting. Um, So he comes back from apparently a 12 hour jaunt to get this tattoo. I imagine production was just like, sure, we'll take you anywhere. You're getting a tattoo. (laughs) Yeah. Like this is insane. You've known her for like three weeks. We love it. Um, He comes back with gauze on his wrist and tells the other guys oh man I burned myself don't go in the kitchen I burned myself probably smells like burnt Casey flesh in there oh boy and like obviously none of them believe him they're like you're a fool that's obviously a lie and Justin who has been fending off uh, accusations of uh, being Being a liar being a liar uh, from from Casey among others um that is thrilled to have an opportunity to jump on this. So at that night at the cocktail party, it seems like he calls Casey out and is like, I think you're fibbing. I don't think that that's actually a burn. Why don't you show us the burn mark if it's a burn? And Casey uh, handles this very poorly. He's like, He's oh, like, guys, guys, I was just questioned by the wrestler over something that, listen, it just frankly has no relevance, which is ludicrous for him to say that when he and some of the other men have been insisting that any lack of total and full disclosure by Justin, such as like failing to mention one of his jobs to them, constitutes like a sign of such deceit that he should no longer be allowed to even speak to Allie. And, oh, now suddenly some sort of lie he's told all the men is not relevant and shouldn't be discussed. He does eventually, though, uh, you know, end up just calling it and showing the men his tattoo. And he thinks 
that they all loved it and thought it was great, but all of their faces tell a different story. And I really, Chris Lambton really won me over in this moment because in his ITM, he's just like, you're going to be the tattooed bachelorette guy for the rest of your life. And 10 years later, he really is. He is. Correct prediction, Chris. I mean, but he is also known as like the garden protect guy. And I think he would be very happy with that branding. You win some, you lose some. He's like, I literally branded myself as the garden protector, her, her heart guy. Um, so eventually Casey and Justin uh, end up on a two-on-one in Iceland on a glacier. Um, it is the tradition for two-on-ones to be somewhere where the, the person left behind has to struggle to survive on their own um, <laughs> as punishment. Um, and Allie's like, all Casey has to do today is be normal. Uh, little does he she can't know do that, that he's, he, he's going to show her his tattoo. Failing to clear the inc- incredibly low bar she has set for him. He, he reveals it to her and she's stunned, I think is the approach. Like stunned and repelled. And she's trying to be gracious because she sees that this man has branded himself. Like that's not a thing you can undo very easily. I mean, it costs a lot of money and requires painful laser treatment. And she says, thanks Casey for being you. I think that's all I can really ask from you. He never notices when she's burning him. He's, He's like, I think like, it yeah, went great. That went great. It sounds like it's what she wanted. Um, so despite the fact that there are a lot of rumblings of Justin not being so great, which she's aware of, she ends up having to give Justin the rose because Casey just so awful. Blew it so <laughs> profoundly. Um, Casey says, I just don't know where it went wrong. And the answer is, don't you though? <laughs> like it's not that subtle. Um, but the, th- the situation with Justin continues to devolve. Um, and Chris Harrison notes that he eventually has to intervene. And he says, Poor Joshua, his teenage son, is still working the cameras. He says, you can ask my son Joshua when it gets to the point where I need to be involved. It's not going to end well for you. Well, good to know that Chris is such a dedicated parent. Yeah, I only get involved with parenting when my child really needs to be severely punished, personally. (laughs) Someone else can deal with the rest of it. You know what? That is a pretty apt description for daddy Chris Harrison's relationship to the franchise, though. That's true. (laughs) Uh, The whole dynamic would be different if he were a female host. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So Chris shows up at Allie's hotel room and is like, we need to talk about Justin. Apparently a former cast member from a Bachelor season, a woman got in touch with them. And she apparently is in touch and currently in a room with Justin's girlfriend of two years <laughs> so ali picks up a corded phone remember those <laughs> dials up this woman talks to the girlfriend named jessica and this poor woman is like i've been dating justin for two years he went on the show to get his a foot in the door of the entertainment industry and like he's been repeatedly leaving me voicemail messages from the show <laughs> About how much he still loves me. I mean, imagine too, like, she's for some reason really determined to burn this bridge with him all of a sudden, which I would love to know more about 
why she decided that. Like with Jed, you feel like maybe part of it was eventually becomes clear that he's not coming back to her. She's the woman scorned to a certain right. extent. What's the motivation for the woman who he's returning to? Like, does she, is she know. just over it? Does she start to feel guilty? I, I would like to know more about what went on I there. would too, but unfortunately this was not delved into further because Justin runs away. <laughs> so Allie actually just sits down in front of all the guys and it's like, yeah, it's probably really hard for you, Justin, to be here since you probably miss your girlfriend. And everyone's like, <gasps> <gasps> um, and so Justin runs away. Um, with his he, boot on, <laughs> with his boot on, um, eventually Allie pins him down, uh, after he tries to run through some foliage to get away, he tries to hide Very good. building, she nails him down and he's like, listen, I do have feelings for this woman, but she's just my best friend that I, I call and tell her that I <laughs> am in love with her and I want to marry her. Um, and so that's it. He heads out. And um, we do get to hear one of the messages that Justin left for Jessica um, in which he says that he wants her to be his wife. So pretty <laughs> and he's open like, and shut I am case currently here, in Iceland. <laughs> Just to be clear, I am filming the show in Iceland and one day ago and I'm telling you that I love you. It's, it's me, Justin, your boyfriend. I'm in Iceland <laughs> as a contestant on The Bachelorette featuring Ali Fedotowski. And I just want to say, so good. you are the woman I love. I mean, um, man, what gold? It's not a transcript, but it just, might as well. Just reality TV gold. Yeah. Um, so we do check in with Casey and with Justin. Apparently they are friends now, uh, which was a, an interesting revelation. I'm always uh, intrigued by how many of the show rivals end up being friends years later maybe it creates a certain bond or a reason to interact again if you have that tension between you um so that's that's lovely uh casey still has his tattoo but he has made an addition to it to commemorate the wedding anniversary that he shares with his wife that's what i want i just dream of the day that my future <laughs> husband um will augment the tattoo he got for another woman, which also happens to be very hideous and like <laughs> secondhand make it about me. I think that it's very beautiful, um, beautiful display of the human spirit that he, uh, resilience, the right really. woman for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I am happy. It's, it seems Casey seems very happy. He seems like he's in a good place. His wife is cute. His baby's cute. Like good for them. Yes. It's one of these classic decade out. Everyone is married and has babies now sort of episodes. And like, doesn't really care about what happened care. 10 years ago. Like, it's kind of nice to hear all of these people be like, yeah, I really just like got on with my life. And yeah. wasn't that a funny thing that we did? Like, I don't really have any strong feelings about it. Uh, Justin though, despite how long it's been still kind of denies having a girlfriend. He insists on just calling her someone at home I cared about. Like, um, which come on, dude, it's been a decade. Like what distinction is worth drawing here? Yeah. It's so funny. I, I like forgot that he was Canadian, which just makes me like him. And the soul patch <laughs> is gone as well. Canadians. They're good. They're good for the most part. They're not all I good. Mean, Justin but... is quite likable. And I understand why Ali liked him, um, based on what we were shown. Aside the from thing the whole thing is very bad. Thing, yeah. Is very he definitely bad. needed to go home and at least at least he copped to the fact that he like shouldn't have gone on the show. 
Yeah, that that little we can be thankful for. Yeah. He said, you know, we all grow. He's in a relationship. He also said that the way that he called that woman Jessica is because, you know, the production usually takes all the phones out of their hotel rooms, but there was one in the bathroom in their hotel room in Iceland. You never expect a phone in the bathroom. Right. That's how they get you. Um, which is funny because a lot of us spend most of our quality phone time in the bathroom now, thanks to the wonder <laughs> of cordless phones. Um, so let's get into the, the top, the top two, um, top three, top, really top three. Yes. Uh, my bad. Um, you know, we haven't really touched on this yet, but like we only get check-ins with a handful of guys. We only recap a handful of guys. I didn't watch the rest of the season, but it's pretty clear just from watching it that the cast overall is quite white. Um, and in fact, there were no black contestants at all. And I think it's, it's interesting. Allie mentioned in an interview when Rachel was cast as the bachelorette that, that this was not a request made by her. Um, which I think is, if true, kind of a, an interesting Notable. window. Yeah, a window into how casting apparently worked before the lawsuit, which was maybe if she had said, I would like to date men of all different races and backgrounds, maybe they would have, but there was no special didn't bother effort made to, yeah. at all. Right. And I think it's it's also we've spoken about this before, but it is so such a stark contrast, like that in the years, the several years leading up to Sean Lowe's season, there were virtually no people of color. Um, you know, obviously Roberto being uh, an exception on this season, but the season as a whole remains pretty white. And the minute you had that outside pressure come on the show, um, Sean's season looked totally different. And it was very easy for them. I think that's like what I keep coming back to and why um, the fact that production has consistently done the bare minimum to appease requests for diversity is is so frustrating because things like casting are fully in their control. They are so easy. It might might require a modicum more effort and intention behind it, you know, to recruit people who are not white because this show had so long been branded as a show by and for white people. Yeah. I mean, sometimes the production will defend the lack of diversity by saying, oh, it's about the lead and what they're interested in. You know, if what Ali says about how that happened on her show was true, which is that it wasn't her request that there be no black men, then one wonders, you know, if, they weren't even bothering to ask. And in that case, or how think can about it, it or think about it. And in that case, how can it be put down to the preferences of the contestants? Um, it's right. just, it, it's an evasion. Um, and so you end up with these very white seasons. Espe- but especially when Ali, you know, ended up with a man who was not white as her winner. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it does suggest that there was an openness that perhaps they did not explore. Right. Um, which is very troubling. And, you know, you and I did not watch during this period of The Bachelor. Um, although the first season that I watched, Brad, Brad's second season, was also super white. Um, that things changed pretty quickly in the sense that the lawsuit happened. They started right. making some effort 
um, to diversify their initial pool of contestants. And it was still obviously a problem. Yeah. But right. No, exactly. Like, I think we've been vocal about the whitewashing of this show and how white this show has been for a while, but it is, it's like, I didn't realize that most of the content, Bachelor content that I had been consuming was like a vast improvement on what had come in the years just before. And that's really, you know, disturbing to see laid out so starkly. Yeah. uh, With some of these. Like we knew it used to be worse, but like not really having seen much from those seasons um, where it was at its, its lowest point um, seeing it uh, really brings it home and, and revisiting Allie's season really brings it home. And I think, Next week, uh, Jason Mesnick's season will probably uh, be similar. Yes. Um, so, uh, and that's that's all to say that we will be talking about Roberto in a minute. Um, but first, let's talk about the one who got away. Frank. Oh, man. Frank is just totally the guy I would have had a crush on. And he's the guy Allie had a crush on. Yeah, I think Allie, you know, actually had pretty good taste. Frank yeah, is, she really did. Rober- yeah, Roberto's Frank, cute. Roberto's cute. Chris seems like a solid dude. Like her, yeah, she does have decent taste. Sometimes I'm like deeply <laughs> confused about the picks um, of the lead, but yeah. They should all just pick the exact men that I would pick. Exactly. And I think that's a reasonable expectation. Yeah, of course. It's about us. It's about um, us. <laughs> but Frank is like, you know, formerly a consultant, but has so much passion that he left his high-powered job to go manage a retail store while he wrote scripts because he's just like a screenwriter at heart. He lived in Paris for a year. Like, he has glasses and brown hair. I mean, Allie is just all over this. She, you know, later admits he's he's very much her type. It really seems like for the, you know, first, most, or really most of the show, um, it really seems like this is going to be the guy. Oh, yeah. Um, And he comes on really strong. So it seems like if she's going to pick him, he'd be all about it. You know, they show him before he goes on the show, finding out that Allie's the bachelorette and he practically like jumps up to the ceiling. He's so thrilled. He's like, we're going to get fall in love. She's going to fall in love with me. We're going to have babies. He bursts out of the limo when he arrives. Um, He's constantly just giving her tons of really warm affirming energy he's very goofy with her but also can pivot and be very romantic um if I were Allie I would be like I got this in the bag like Frank is so into me um they have a date where they get to hike up to the Hollywood sign um and Frank tells her uh, about his career pivot. And he says, you know, career will always be there. You can always jump back in, but you only have so many shots at finding love. Um, which I, I thought was just a hilariously revealing thing for a very white cis man who is a screenwriter to say. Yeah. I mean, I was just like, Hmm. I was like, Oh, is it uh, easy to take a break from a career and just jump right back in? Is that easy? Sure. That has a lot of very real consequences, especially for women who leave it's the workforce, like, but you know, what's easy okay, is Frank. having a lucrative career. You, that's something you can just have, you yeah. know, you don't really have yeah. to like worry It'll about that. Always be there. No, yeah, matter I might just what. fall back on having a lucrative career um so uh those things aside he seems very charming 
Um, and their relationship starts to deepen. And what happens is that Frank starts to have some surprising feelings for yes. another woman. For another woman. It, it seems that he was dating someone um, in the months when he was like unsure if he was going to be cast on the show. And he had been upfront with her, this woman, and said like, if I get cast, I'm, I'm definitely going on. Like I want to go on and give it a fair shot. So they had broken up when he was cast. But as he sort of probably sees things moving to a place where like he would be faced with proposing essentially to Allie, um, you can tell he sort of freaks out. And the show allows him to fly to Chicago before fantasy suites and see this woman. Yeah. Um, and apparently what happens is that he decides he's still in love with his ex, Nicole. Um, and so when he arrives for the fantasy suite date in Tahiti, he immediately tells Allie, we need to talk. They apparently, like, it felt like they showed the whole breakup scene. Um, it was very, like, very precursor to Dezen Brooks. He tells Allie that, you know, he was being held back and progressing with her because of these unresolved feelings. And so when he saw Nicole, he just knew that that, that was the way he needed to go. Um, and Allie's like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> it's very I, selfish uh, of you to do this and to have not told me before. Um and, you know, she's like, I gave up everything to be here. And he's like, I gave up everything too. And she says, apparently not everything, <laughs> which was a yeah. good burn. Good burn, He set Allie. himself up for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, what's what, what seems to be the case with Frank based on how things go with Allie and then Nicole and then how he talks about it in his check-in is that he just like kind of loves the the chase and not in like a conquesty way but he seemed it seems like that tickles his sense of romance um because when he's with nicole apparently he said you know i we're done if i get this chance to fall in love in this dramatic way like that's it i'm gonna go do that instead but and he's very excited to pursue Allie and to fall in love on tv and to get married um and then when he's in the reality with Allie, he's thinking about winning nicole back and then he says, you know, once I was with Nicole and they dated for a couple of years and he said it was a great relationship. He's like, I did start to wonder if I had lost out on something really great with Allie, because when you're like when you're away from that person, you start to think about it more. And I was like, I feel like that might be kind of a you thing. Not that no one does, but it's not universal. <laughs> like he he does seem like he's saying that his focus tends to be on maybe on the person that he's parted from. Yeah. Um, so it's nice to see that he has moved past that. Yes, yeah. He likes the tension clear or liked the tension. Clearly he's now, you know, been with his wife, uh, his now wife for I think years. And it sounds like he and Allie are, are actually like on good terms. They've met up. They're friendly now, um, which, you know, you love yeah. to see it. It's also very interesting because, this is the sort of thing that now would be framed as like such an obvious moral failing mm -hmm. on the part of the contestant. Like we've had a lot of people, you know, their ex-girlfriend who they broke up with just before going on the show, like goes to the tabloids and it's a whole thing. And like, it's proof that these 
men are horrible and I'm not saying like one way or another and every, you know, relationship situation is different and I wouldn't fault people for being like frustrated their relationship ended that way. But it is interesting that in this case, they sort of were just treated it as like, oh, a thing that might happen. Like you might've been dating someone and then date someone else and then like realize that you still have feelings for this other person. Um, I did note, I saw that now in their contracts, I believe it says they define single as that you like have not dated someone for longer than two months leading up yeah, to the show. They're trying to avoid this. things down a little bit <laughs> yeah. more. I mean, I do wonder how much grief he saved himself by coming clean and by doing so in a very telegenic way um, yeah. as opposed to like getting caught or trying to be like, well, actually I'm into Allie now. Maybe I'll just never talk to Nicole, Nicole again and hope that she doesn't say anything, which actually probably would have paid off unless she went to the press. Um, but you know what I mean? He, like, he actually didn't lie. You're right. He, he didn't, didn't lie and try to sneak around about it. Mm-hmm. And also it was not, it clearly wasn't framed at that time as something that was like, you have to hide this from production. Right. And I, and the one like little jab that I feel like they made is that his Chiron is retail manager <laughs> when he clearly identifies as a screenwriter. Like he wants that screenwriter Chiron. You know oh that. yeah. But he clearly had not sold a screenplay. <laughs> no, you can be, you can, you can define yourself as whatever you want in a bachelor Chiron. They just might change it for, uh, for their own purposes. Exactly. Um, and this brings us to Roberto and Chris, the final two. Um, and Chris is just like Allie's double in a lot of ways. They're both from Massachusetts, um, from the coast. They love seafood. They seem to have similar sorts of family. They're from the same sort of social milieu. They both sort of get like, give the impression that they would fit seamlessly into each other's lives. Yeah. Chris is one of those guys that just seems like a very even keeled, solid dude. Like he doesn't really have conflict with the other guys. He's not, he doesn't seem like particularly exciting or like, you know, there's not like a sort of, uh, uncertain energy between him and Allie, but it's like, he's easy. He's there. He speaks like about, you know, really candidly about the loss of his mother, which is obviously incredibly sad. And the way that his mom told him to look for her in rainbows. And, you know, he's also very earnest when he, during hometown dates. And he says like, maybe Allie could be my soulmate, but I just, I want her to choose me. Like he's just a very solid dude who wears plaid. Yes. Very solid, very waspy. Um, very waspy. Also, apparently, he's like, and then we saw a rainbow at my mom's funeral. I've been followed by rainbows. I barely ever see, rain- see rainbows. So I have to say, I do admit, I, I do believe in heaven now because that seems like pretty strong evidence. That it's honestly the strongest argument for uh, the afterlife that I've seen. <laughs> Um, they should make a heaven is real movie, but about Chris's, uh, rainbows. Um, so, uh, this brings us to Roberto, um, who gets the first impression rose. There is such a pattern of bachelorettes giving the first impression rose to the guy they end up picking. I mean, I think 
I stand by the fact. I think like women just have a good sense of who they like pretty quickly. Yeah. And yet they make them do this whole thing. <laughs> um, so he comes out of the limo and uh, he speaks to Ali in Spanish. And then he says, oh, I'm Roberto. And she says, I'll just call you cutie. No, like, Ali, no. And, and then like, proceeds to call him Roberto the whole season. There isn't um, a strong effort made, although she does um, she does make an effort to to speak to him a little bit in Spanish, despite clearly not knowing any Spanish. Um, which, like, and, is and fine. He, yeah, and he very much matters. appreciates the effort. Um, but it wasn't the strongest start, especially no. considering that he is the only uh, visible person of color that we could discern on the season um and it's never a great thing it it can be quite hurtful to to tell people with names um that are not familiar to anglophone ears um uh, yes um but you'll just call them something else or uh you didn't quite catch that. Could you just, uh, I'll just call you Joe. That's what my favorite uncle was called. Um, or I'll just call you cutie. Don't do that. You know, make an no, effort, to, make an effort to learn people's names and to pronounce them correctly. Yeah. Um, but they do have a very, uh, strong chemistry. Um, they're really into each other. Um, and a lot of this is expressed through, salsa dancing together making um, out making a lot of out. making out <laughs> um they go on a date where they have to tightrope walk between buildings and uh <laughs> you know as ali says life is challenging and there are going to be obstacles and so it's good to know that you're with someone who can walk across a tightrope next to you yeah, I mean, that is just really indicative of the real world obstacles you face in relationships, right, Claire? That's exactly what you and yes. Greg have had to go it's through. Exa- when every morning when I have to wake him up to tell him that it's it's his turn to, to watch the baby while I wash my face, um, that's very similar to tightrope walking it's, it's in terms of the, the stress that it places on your relationship. <laughs> um <laughs> So they do, uh, they fall in love, despite the fact that it seems like Frank is kind of her initial pick. She has very strong feelings for Roberto as well. And they make out in the rain and the ocean. They're just like living that hot, sexy romance dream. Oh, yeah. I mean, so it's time for the finale. And the two options are neither of the guys maybe that she would have picked initially, but like a very solid guy, maybe like one of her friends at home. Or someone uh, that she has a much more romantic sexual chemistry with. (laughs) Yeah. They seem to get along really well. They they have that spark. So the choice seems pretty clear. Yeah. I mean, she even does the thing that a handful of bachelorettes have been allowed to do, which is go to Chris's hotel room before making him live through that proposal day and just tells him, look. I love someone else more. Um, it's not you. And he's incredibly gracious about it. She, her breakup skills are a little stilted. She's like, she you know, means very well. You know, we really enjoy spending time together, but does it mean we're supposed to be? Like, do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand? Yeah, she's like, do you understand what I'm saying, Chris? And he's like, yeah. Yeah, I sense your ending things. 
<laughs> Don't ask, do you understand what I'm saying during a breakup? No, uh, no. It just comes across as a little condescending. Breaking but I've up heard, um, I've heard interviews with Chris, like on Reality Steve's podcast and stuff. And I'm pretty sure he assumed that the final two were going to be Frank and Roberto. And so I don't <laughs> think that he was like all that surprised to be sent home, even yeah. though he did like Allie. Um, and, but he's very sweet. He says kind of like, you know, good luck tomorrow. Go find out if he loves you. You're very easy to love. Like he's just Aww. seems like a good dude. Um, and then a rainbow comes out rainbow. after he gets sent home, which is like very touching. I know this it's beautiful. It's truly beautiful. Um, and so on proposal day, it's just Ali and Roberto and Roberto, unfortunately, his collar is just like, I just really want to like fix it. It's the collar of his shirt is fully out of the collar of his suit jacket. And in fact, it seems to be kind of floating around his neck, um, which like, he's like so ridiculously handsome. He's so handsome. Why oh couldn't my they God. fit him a better suit for proposal day? I mean, Roberto honestly has to be one of the more beautiful winners of of this series. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, Ali when they when they're early on in their courtship, um, asks if he would have approached her if they'd met outside the show, and he's like, "Oh, I'm shy. I guess I don't know." And she says, I wouldn't have approached you. I would have thought you were too hot for me. I found that charming. <laughs> it was adorable. <laughs> um, I would have thought that too, um, but I'm not Ali Fedotowski, so I would have been correct. <laughs> um, so they say they love each other. He proposes. And then she asks him if he'll accept the final rose in Spanish. Um, and we, that's, we do that's not it. get a check-in with Roberto, no. notably. So maybe he just didn't, he just it wasn't just us. He didn't want to yeah, it wasn't just us. He clearly uh, you know, wasn't into talking to uh Chris Harrison either. Um though but we it was do hear from Ali that thing. It was on, a historic yeah. thing for The Bachelor that um that he won and uh despite despite the the overall um incredible whiteness of of the season. Um that was a, a rare, a rare moment for the show. And, and I don't want to just quickly gloss over that. Um, it was, no, it was a big deal. And I remember friends of mine talking about it at the time, like I didn't yet watch the show, but I remember it being remarked upon definitely at the time. And there was also, um, so Ali and Roberto, I think just, it just didn't work. Their relationship just didn't work. They broke up fairly quickly after. Um, and there were lots of reports that ABC really wanted him to be the bachelor and they were mm -hmm. really gung ho about having, um, this like beloved Latinx contestant be the lead. And that was made very explicit in those reports. So, yeah. you know, you do, it, it makes you think about, uh, how they eventually went with Juan Pablo a few years later. <laughs> yeah. And that yeah. I, I have to think, uh, Roberto might've been a more successful pick. I would, I would like to think that, I mean, he was much more fire tested, you know, he made it all yeah. the way to the end. Juan Pablo, we barely. Right. We knew. barely knew it was a real um, taking a chance on that. Yeah. And we know that Roberto is, uh, has that star quality. Yeah. Um, um apparently but, he is engaged now. Everyone's happy. We do get a, a check-in with Chris and we see the, his family. He is now married and has kids 
with a woman who was on Andy Baldwin's season of Bachelor. They were like introduced, you know, in the Bachelor world through friends and fell in love off the show. And it's very sweet. Yeah. And they, they have a HGTV show now. So really uh, everything, everything worked out for the best. Um, and Allie uh, obviously is married now and has two kids. Everyone is beautiful, beautiful family. And uh, she talked a little bit about the, the highlights from the season. Um, she mentions uh, that counterintuitively the thing that she remembers most about Casey is not the tattoo but his singing well that Um, might have been more it there's a lot of work to do with your face when you're being filmed and someone is serenading you and you know the camera zooming in on you so I'm not surprised that made an impression on her yeah it's like they say you know experiences are more memorable than things and the experience of his singing uh would have made an impression on me as well she said um, she was mostly trying not to laugh at him. Um, it's, she also it's actually does, pretty obvious yeah. that she's trying not to laugh at him. It's just that Casey does not notice. Um, she also does admit, which I've heard spoken about a lot, that her husband looks similar to Frank. She was like, yeah, Frank was clearly my type. Um, and she and Frank actually sort of lightly explored the possibility of dating like years after the show, but mutually decided it wasn't there and they are now just friendly. So that's, that's lovely. Yeah. And she does say that she would have probably picked Frank, which I feel like is very hard to admit when you're still with the guy you did pick, or maybe even a couple years later, it's maybe hard to say, Oh, I just went with the second choice, but 10 years on everyone's doing fine. She's like, yeah, I probably would have picked Frank. Oops. Um, but yeah, it's, all's well that ends well everyone seems yeah. to be doing well and next week we'll be diving into jason mesnick's season the yeah, first speaking switcheroo of, speaking of all's well that ends well yeah exactly and speaking of switcheroos uh we are going to take a quick break but when we get back oh yes we will be talking about that big juicy rumor about claire crawley's season of the bachelorette If you want to bring coziness into your life, uh, and I mean, who doesn't, (laughs) turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially right now, because the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite luxe home blanket. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Dressing head-to-toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort as their collection of ultra-soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. And their products make the perfect gifts, too. I would certainly love to be given something from Barefoot Dreams. I just acquired the robe, and it is like the softest robe I have ever put on my body. It's so cozy. It's so warm. It's beautiful. It has a nice drape and weight to it. I wear it whenever I have the opportunity. I just want to wear it constantly. And I think everyone should have that kind of comfort and coziness in their lives. For Love to See It with Emma and Claire listeners, you can get 15% off of your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code LTSI15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams' soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. 
If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I, I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender, I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life. And I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Oh, I'm so happy the weather is finally turning. If you, like me, have been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune, then Quince is for you. You can build up a lineup of timeless pieces that will keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year. Like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings right on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, as well as premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for all these staples. I mean, linen is my favorite summer fabric. They have so many amazing linen staples. I also found my new go-to like summer running around to the playground in the coffee shop bag. It's the pebbled Italian leather front sling bag. I can just fit a wallet and my phone and my AirPods in it, maybe some lip balm. Absolutely perfect. I'm so obsessed with it. And the price was exactly what I wanted to. 
Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list, as they should, because it's very important. If that's you, then make this year the year you finally check it off your list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Wow, that is really fast. Their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning link Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. I personally used Babbel before I headed off to Paris for three weeks, and it was so helpful just kind of giving me back the basic understanding of French, allowing me to interact with people in restaurants, in shops, and, you know, just not make a total fool of myself when in a foreign country. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash LTSI. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash LTSI. Rules and restrictions may apply. And now, back to the show. So, Claire, we got to talk about Claire season slash Tasha's season. I mean... A lot has happened over the last like five days in Bachelor World. Um, this news went from just a mere rumor circulating Reddit to something that seems pretty well confirmed by People Magazine, which generally um, is a pretty reliable source. So we're going to kind of walk you guys through yeah, this was uh, a, everything that happened. This I was late to this. I don't know about you, Emma. I know you were having a nice birthday long weekend. I was uh, packing up for the big, we're moving apartments with a baby and no childcare and a pandemic. So like, I was like, I'm going to take a break from Twitter this weekend and focus on all that stuff. And I come back and there have been many layers unfolded to this. Whole oh yeah. I, I was already. only vaguely, I was only vaguely aware because a friend of mine texted me while I was in the Catskills for my birthday. And I also was like, not on Twitter, not at, and she was like, did you hear this, this thing about Tasha being swapped out like over Claire? And I was like, what are you taught? What? No. What? And I just was like, I can't, I will deal with this later. So um, we <laughs> have to look at, we have researched. <laughs> I'm convinced that this is happening because I was really annoyed by the possibility of having to hear Claire referred to a lot this season and not in <laughs> reference to me. I was like, I'm constantly going to be like, huh, what? Oh, you're not talking to me. Um, because I'm that powerful is what I'm saying. I yeah, wish I believe it. Existence. No, I was looking forward to Claire's season, but I think what might be happening uh, could, could be, be a even cool more. combo. Yeah. 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 Um, to be clear, when I first heard this, I was like, Oh no, because I actually really am excited to watch, um, you know, a woman who's over the age of, 
of 30, like really into her thirties, try to find love. Um, but it seems to be pretty complex. And I think this could lead to a pretty good season. So this started out with a rumor on Reddit where someone posted, um, that they got on they're the owner of a bachelor spoiler account and they got unverified information saying that production was having problems with Claire and that she had canceled everything that was supposed to happen this Saturday before. And they called in a new bachelorette and are recasting her with Tasha. Uh, so that seemed pretty wild, but I think uh, maybe the day that this was posted, um, Life and Style had, which again is not always the most reliable source, had posted something basically saying the same thing. So this person was like, well, this is backing up what I heard, so I'm going to post it. The next yeah. day on, on my birthday, Reality Steve <laughs> was like, I've been made aware of this Reddit post. I cannot confirm if it's true, but I think there's serious validity to it. Yeah, it seems like there were other things rumbling that were compatible with this happening. Uh, Reality Steve had heard that some guys who had not initially been selected from the pool had been called back, and I guess that none of them had agreed to come back. Um, And so it started to seem like there was some unexpected upheaval happening, but nothing was confirmed at this point in the weekend. Um, At some point, Claire liked and then unliked a tweet that uh, read, I'm sure many will be thrilled with Tasha too, um, suggesting that Tasha might be replacing her as the bachelorette. Um, so it began to seem like Claire was, was uh, on board, was on board and was trying to kind of, um, support the idea that Tasha would also be a good bachelorette. It's interesting. Cause I think at first, the way I read the rumor, I was upset by it because I thought they were just like labeling this woman who knew what she wanted difficult because she wouldn't go along with production um which maybe was part of it but then she actually was being difficult she (laughs) but (laughs) as of yesterday um ew and people reported and sort of gave a little more context to the fact that um she was not just like trying to quit but she was trying to quit because she had met someone that she really just wanted to be with and didn't want to go through the whole farce of of pretending otherwise for you know the rest of this season I mean I think that we're getting a glimpse of why one reason why (laughs) they have never cast a bachelorette who is close to 40 before because you know women get to a certain age and often um they don't take a lot of bullshit and they don't want to wait around and they don't want to waste time and Claire as we know doesn't want to waste time. She's never been averse to just telling someone off and leaving. <laughs> exactly. Um, and she had already had her season delayed. Um, so it's not really that surprising uh, that she would rather, you know, if she had a connection with someone, just be like, never mind about the season. I want to go do that instead. <laughs> I know. So she filmed for 12 days. Um, It's unclear if this is like definitely true, but it seems likely that one of the guys who was cast on her season um, got in touch with her. I mean, remember that it was supposed to, you know, this was supposed to happen in March. We are, it didn't start till July. So they could have been speaking and 
romantically involved for months. And again, I don't blame either of them for that. Like all the information was out there. Yeah. I mean, this is what a source, uh, an anonymous source told, uh, told media outlets or I think people, people, um, this is what a media source told people um, is that one of the guys uh, got in touch with her before filming. And by the time they met night one, they had already decided that they were in love. And so she tried to go through with the process for a little bit and then was like, this is ridiculous. I'm in love with, with this guy. And I think that we should end the season. Um, And that contestant is Dale Moss. 31, Um, very attractive, former football player. Life and style uh, says that they are actually engaged. Um, Again, these are all pretty, you know, tabloid level reporting here, but um, that is one of the claims that's out there. Um, And so it sounds like what happened is that they realized that they could not convince Claire to continue with the season. I don't know how that works out with their contract. I know that they, oh, that the bachelors and bachelorettes have wanted to leave before. So there must be pretty strong incentives to stay. I wonder if she, yeah, I really am curious to know more about this. I wonder if she's being penalized or whether they've sort of come to an agreement that this is going to in some ways be good for the show because they will obviously be airing those first 12 days of filming and they already said they would be like addressing the fact that there had been um, a pandemic related delay. So I mean, because it was early enough in the season that they could feasibly replace her. Yeah. And, and also at this point in time, you know, I think a lot of people will be happy to see Tasha get a shot as bachelorette. I know the show has clearly, as we saw with their casting of the bachelor well in advance, been scrambling a little bit to cover its ass for the years and years and years, its entire history that it has not been casting black leads. Um, So it maybe there was just a complicated stew of factors that made them willing to settle and not get involved with, you know, like suing her for breach of contract. Yeah. I think ultimately this could be good for the franchise good for, you know, the excitement. Um, We know they love a two bachelorette season. And look, New Zealand had a two bachelorette season in which Lily McManus came in a few episodes in. Um, Really? Yeah. And like one of the bachelorettes ended up with, with no one, the doctor and Lily ended up engaged, but they're like great friends. So like there are obviously there is precedent for being able to do, you know, things that sort of play with the structure. And the other thing that makes this a little, this a little easier is that like, Tasha lives in California, Southern California. The entire production is taking place in one location in Southern California. Um, there's not a travel situation. All of the, you know, contestants are already quarantined there. So it, the, I think the biggest question is just, are some of the other men going to leave if they had really gotten attached to the idea of Claire? Are they going to be able to convince some guys to come back or does she sort of just like slot in, which could create again, some really interesting narrative tension. Right. It is really, you know, it was awkward enough on Caitlin and Brit's season to have one guys night. who had come in being like, I'm for Brit. I love Brit, Caitlin, whatever to have them have to pivot to now right. I'm here for Caitlin was awkward enough already, but they've already, these guys two weeks spent a couple weeks. weeks being like, I'm so glad it's Claire. I'm here for Claire. 
And now they're going to have to sell each other in the weird way that the show works, that they really want to get with Taisha. They're going to have to convince Taisha. Um, Taisha might have to convince them. You she know? might bring in some other people, but like there are obviously issues with that because everyone has to be quarantined for 14 days. Right. And so, so I think that's why they went first to guys who had been like in reserve. But uh, it sounds like a pretty tricky situation on on the contestant end, to be honest. Uh, yeah, that would be I my agree. huge hesitation if I were a producer. <laughs> Same. But I do think, you know, I think often these shows do benefit when they just kind of roll with the reality of what's happening. Like it gives it a flair that you can't predict. It makes it feel um, less like they're just following a formula. And we know that this show is in general so, so formulaic. So honestly, I'm I'm kind of excited and, and it would feel really satisfying narratively to get to see like Claire happy and Taisha happy too and not have these two women pitted against each other, but rather like, partners in finding love um, I hope they just pretend that no one knows what happened and we get like a, an episode or two of Claire's journey and then oh, I think we from, are cut from a date where Claire seems a little off to her solemnly packing her bag and being yep. like I just can't. I've been having some feelings that I didn't expect and I really want to give this process my all but I have to admit that I'm in love continue with Dale. when I'm in love with Dale. This like, is going to, it's going to happen. That full That's a bachelor oh, yes. experience. Oh yes. I'm, I'm pretty sure. So life and style post says it sounds like Claire's falling in love with Dale and subsequent leaving of the show will be featured in the new season along yes. with Tasha's entrance. And which reality is like Steve has, has said that, um, in, in his own, in his tweets about this, that her story will be shown in the season. Which is, and why wouldn't they? Like, this is right. honestly, it's annoying for them. It's logistically a little bit of a nightmare, but this is like narrative gold. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm just the thought of the guys having to pivot from like, I'm ready to marry Claire to I'm ready to marry Tasha in oh, like yeah. 30 seconds. I can't wait to see this. Oh, my God. It's going to, because also, yeah, they're going to get in so many fights where people are going to be accused of lying and only sticking around because they want fame, not because they're actually open to giving Tasha a chance. Like it's going to be wild. Oh yeah. And, and people were afraid this season would be boring because there's no travel. <laughs> Who needs travel when you can go on such a journey right at home in a quarantine pod in Southern California? Um, yeah, I, I'm pretty excited about this actually. Um, and probably more information will come out even before this episode airs. Uh, but we're, we're, we're going to keep an eye on it now, now that we're aware of the unfolding situation. I'll never take a week on off Twitter again. Um, except that I will have to do that soon because my move isn't over. Um, but, uh, super excited for September now and, uh, and for next week for Jason Mesnick, so much going on in bachelor world. Oh man. It's, you know. Just a lot to look forward to. And I, for one, am excited. This we has, need this stuff has, to look forward to. Yeah, this has made me re-energized. I was getting really, like, bored because we're just going over all these old seasons. And I just – but this, this is the excitement that I crave. This is the <laughs> distraction I crave. And I, I think we're 
we're ready. And I think we're going to have a lot of fun uh, recapping The Bachelorette. Yeah. And I am interested too. Like we've been revisiting these old seasons that are from an era of the show when, you know, race wasn't discussed and it juxtaposes very oddly with the current moment and very uncomfortably. And I think the new season may also juxtapose uncomfortably too, in certain ways, because the country is crumbling and people are getting evicted and dying and there are protests. Um, but I, I do wonder if being filmed in July, if it will, if it will change, offer change space. the narrative at all. Yeah, I would, I, I doubt it because the show is very bad at that, but I remain intrigued to see if there will be any conversations about what's going on in the world, if there will be a, any visible effort made to address some of the long-running issues um, with how the show handles race that have been brought up. Especially um, given that Claire, um, you know, is choosing a, apparently a non-white man. Yeah, yeah. And then and they're bringing remember, in a, a Black bachelorette. Yeah, and, and that's something that Rachel mentioned is that she was glad that that Claire was the bachelorette because she knew she was open to dating diversely and it, and that certainly seems to be the case and um and then Tasha so you know I would never bet against the bachelor's ability to <laughs> excise all of this yeah. from the screen but um but we'll see and I hope that it can be escapist but also done more responsibly than uh, than in the past <laughs> I know we look we we can reserve a last shred of hope that this franchise could change yeah. in any way and our, our fingers and toes are crossed we're um, not giving up until 2021 exactly sorry we're in quarantine I need something to watch <laughs> but thank you guys for tuning in and uh that's it for here to make friends this week thanks to our producers Sarah Patterson and Nick Offenbergen Spirit, who is on vacation. <laughs> Give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram at Here to Make Friends Pod, and you can follow us individually on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emma Lady Rose. And we'll be back next week for Jason Mesnick's season of The Bachelor, The Greatest Seasons Ever. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. 